0: Hi, and welcome to the Spell It Out podcast. My name is Jessica Zweep. I'm the owner of Spell Fitness, an online health and fitness coaching program designed to help women who have tried everything and are tired of spinning their wheels and wasting their time find food freedom and navigate this busy, crazy, awesome ride called life. Here we're going to discuss food, fitness, faith, family, and hopefully have a little fun along the way. I'm so glad you're here, and I can't wait to get talking with you. All right, welcome back. Another Marriage Monday, which I think we've had a little bit of time off from. And so I wanted to get back to it. Again, the book that I use and love and is so tattered and written in and highlighted and quoted and referenced so often um, in these series and just in my own marriage is, it's just called Marriage um, by Paul David Tripp, Six Gospel Commitments Every Couple Needs to Make. Um, And so today we're going to talk about worship, which I feel like is really You know, some of you might be like, really? Worship? Like, I'm not going to worship my spouse. And you shouldn't. Um, But when God is in his rightful place, all other things will be in their rightful place as well. And you're going to have to fight your flesh on this because our tendency is to worship ourselves. Um, That's our antisocial, sinful, fleshly response, reaction, whatever. Um, And it is so destructive to marriage. When you are trying to always be right, when you have a lack of empathy and understanding for your spouse, it can create so much tension. And I want to, again, at the beginning of every single one of these, I just want to throw it out and say that I do not do any of this perfectly. These are, if nothing else, me talking to myself Usually in my car lately, I started out doing these podcasts in my closet, which I know the audio was probably so much better for there, but life is hella crazy. It is just, ah, I mean, it's nuts. Um, And so I'm carving out space to have these conversations when and where I can, which in this season is in my car when I'm at my kids' sports practices or driving to and from their practices and have, you know, an hour to myself to chat alone in my car while people walk by and give me weird looks because I talk with my hands a lot. Anyways, um, you, the intentional, consistent, willing, persistent worship of God changes people. And when you are mindful of that, when you realize it is not about me, it is not about me being right. It is not about me needing to prove my point or have the last word. It is about me submitting to how God wants me to honor my spouse and live my life and be an example to him. It changes your reaction in your marriages. And I've said it so many times, so I apologize that a lot of what I talk about here probably is really redundant, but I I think it's also just how it's supposed to be because some of these things we just need to be reminded of over and over again, myself at the top of the list. Um, so the idea of, um, worship and in, in, in your life is kind of what we're going to talk about today. And if you are struggling in your marriage, I would, con- um, I would, what's, gosh, my words lately are just failing me. I would have you kind of Evaluate your life and your worship life, your spiritual life. How much time do you spend in the word? Are you active in your do you participate and and attend worship services? Do you pray often? Do you read scripture? Do you have people in your life that pour into you spiritually? If not, you are going to experience difficulty. Uh, in all the areas of your life. And I think that marriage is one of the most precious relationships to the Lord. And so that is the one, one of the ones that will really come under attack when your spiritual walk is weak. Um, so when your life is, again, a lot of these quotes are from this book. When your life is shaped by the worship of God, you live with his plans and purposes in you. Your own agenda starts to fall to the wayside. We don't always feel this overwhelming need to win, to be right, to prove our point and have the other person lose or, or recognize how wrong they were. And I see this a lot in so many people where we just have this tendency to be the winner, which is fine. You want that competitive nature I think is, it can be used in a healthy way. It can motivate you. It can spur you on, but it can also just really lead you astray and be so damaging to so many relationships and interactions and, and growth in your life. And so is it, is your life shaped by the worship of God or is it shaped with his or your own worship, your own agenda, your own rightness? Um, and then so if you're not worshiping God in your marriage, somehow, some way you're going to insert yourself into his position. You will work to try and be the Lord over your marriage. You want your kingdom to come and your will to be done. And you will evaluate and respond to your spouse depending on their willingness to serve you and your kingdom purposes. So if you have a vision for what kind of, you know, job, there should be or house there should be or lifestyle there should be or parenting style or you know relational style or even aesthetic like your spouse should look a certain way or act a certain way or be in a certain social circle and that is really important to you you will start to respond to that person because you want them to serve your vision for your kingdom and only the Holy Spirit and worshiping God is sturdy enough to break your allegiance to yourself and turn you into a person who really does find joy in loving another. Um, so whose will, this is a question for you, whose will sets the agenda for your marriage? Are you looking at your spouse thinking you are not serving me well? You are not serving my kingdom well. You are not, you're, you know, you're not lining up with my will and my purposes and it is offensive to me and, and I, and it is, it bothers me and it creates this tension. Or do you live with an attitude of, this is not my will. This is the Lord's where, how do I align my thoughts, my actions, my words, my reactions, my lack of words, my lack of actions with his, how does he tell me to live? in in light of our situation in this situation what how can i honor the lord right and it changes it so much and i feel like it's so convicting to think about it that way right like do i look at my spouse and think gosh i want you to just do things my way and and get on my wavelength and we can just do the things my way and then everything will be better is it getting better is it getting better? Okay, we'll move on to the next point. When your life is shaped by the worship of God, you live thankfully. And this is something that I think I really need to work on. I I have so much to be thankful for, and I have a tendency to get overwhelmed with all of the goodness. It's all good things. Like, I'm so busy, but I'm busy with all good things. And instead of looking at them as all good things, I am exhausted by them, right? There's so many good things. I have such a great life. I have such a great husband and great kids and a great community and great friends and a great church and great activities and a great school and a great business and a great job and a great neighborhood and a great family and all of these things. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, there's so much I can't even do it. I just want to turn it all off and I can't. And that is wrong. I need to be thankful for the busy because this is a season and it will be over in the blink of an eye and I don't want to miss it for what it is. And so, um, am I looking at my life thinking, how is this, how, how is my agenda and my comfort being affected? Or am I looking at my life with how is God's Glory being reflected, right? He has me in all of these places with all of these people for a reason. Am I using them to complain and be cynical, and 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 you know, bitch and moan for lack of a better term, or am I in these places to be a truth teller, to share the good news, to encourage people, to love them, to comfort them, to teach them, whatever? Um, and it changes it when you have. that that attitude of gratefulness and thankfulness. Um, So worship also helps to move us outside of ourselves. Um, The first point, I kind of talked about this too, but when your life is shaped by worship, you don't shrink your world down to the size of your wants, needs, and feelings. Um, We look at things and we say, how can I... um, shrink. Hold on. I apologize for that. Um, I thought there was like an emergency in front of me. One of the coaches at this lacrosse practice was like running over with his arm up, but it turns out he was just trying to lock his car and (laughs) was running up the key up the hill with his key fob in his hand. But it looked like he was like trying to wave to me and I'm like, I didn't see any altercations or injuries happen anyways. So when there are marriages that are in a lot of conflict, um, a lot of times what has happened is both partners have shrunk the hopes and dreams for their marriage to the size of their own individual wants, needs, and feelings. Again, we come, it comes back to that my kingdom come thing. Um, we want our way. And when the other person isn't giving us our way, isn't doing things our way, we get crabby for lack of a better term. And so we need to pan out. It is not about you being comfortable. And this is something that is really convicting to me is what if your marriage isn't designed to make you happy, but to make you holy. And I do think that the Lord honors those who have a heart for him by blessing them with happy marriages. But I also think that he brings us through seasons of really hard interactions, um, and times and trials and seasons of life that remind us that it's not just about feeling good. It's not that person is not there to just make you feel good. Um, when you are both in love with the same God and the same King, you you aren't self focused. You aren't focused on your own agenda. Um, and so again, I think the theme of this whole episode is really like, who are you worshiping? Is it yourself? Because if it is, your marriage is going to suffer. When you think about yourself and how comfortable or uncomfortable your spouse is making you or not making you, um, how, you know, do they do things the way you want them done? Do they look or act or speak or provide or, whatever the way that you want them to that's a false angle it's not about you and what you want um so how do I want to say this um the whole kingdom come thing your job as a spouse is not to change your spouse right wives you don't get married to a man to turn him into someone else. Um, Even if there's things in in the other person's life that need to be challenged or changed or refined or done away with or whatever, that's the Lord's work. That's not yours. You need to stay in your lane. And that is to fulfill the biblical role that a husband and wife are to fulfill, I believe. Um, Again, these are my personal angles on all of these things. So take them with a grain of salt. If they are encouraging to you, great. I do believe that they are fairly biblically grounded. So we'll take that too. Um, But when you realize how much God accepts you and your faults and your shortcomings, and he forgives you and loves you and, and, and has worked your sanctification out and you're growing, you have an understanding for the other person. And this is where I think the empathy piece can really come in because people are different. People respond to situations differently. People respond to comments differently. People respond to, um, yeah, like situations or, or instances that come up, whether they're stressful or fun. Um, you know, different people have a different reaction to financial troubles or health struggles or personal struggles or relate, you know, like friendships or neighbors or work stress or travel or, you know, whatever. Each individual person processes and reacts to these things differently. And what I think creates a lot of strife is that we don't take the time to let the other person have their feelings if they don't match ours, right? Like one of the, the, either a husband or a wife is really overwhelmed by a situation, money or, or health or something, right? And so, that person is processing it and reacting to it in the way that they are reacting to it, good, bad, or otherwise. And the other person is not reacting that same way and is frustrated by the person who is. So let's say the wife is freaking out about a health scare. Something came up, there's a diagnosis or a procedure or something is happening and she's freaking out. And the husband is, this is medicine, it'll be fine, get a grip. That creates Tension and distance. Even if you don't agree with the way the other person is doing it, I don't think that it's kind and loving to just tell them that they're wrong and that they need to do it your way. Even if the conversation moves and you can explain your side, I think having a sense of gentleness and empathy is really important for communication and understanding. When we just bark up the other person's tree, walls go up, right? Bricks are laid walls are built and it's hard for people to be vulnerable and real because they're afraid or anticipating kind of getting shot down or bit by get a grip or do better or what are you worried about or come on or why aren't you worried about this it's like you don't even care right you have those both of those things and so we need to um A, trust that the Lord is sovereign over all things. He doesn't waste anything. Nothing that you go through has not been filtered through his hands. So if you are his, everything that you're experiencing has been filtered through his hands. Okay? So nothing is wasteful about it. As hard as it may be, and I'm not saying that it's going to be easy and, oh, Jesus, it's just going to be fine. Horrible things happen this side of heaven. Horrible, devastating, hard, and imaginable, unimaginable things happen. But... There is always a purpose for it, I think. And the Lord works all things out for his glory, according to his will. And so in those moments, there's so much growth that can come and so much intimacy and closeness when we take a second to allow the other person their feelings and not just shut them down. Um, And there are just really strong personalities sometimes that don't have the... It doesn't come naturally to them to extend grace and empathy. And I would encourage you that if you are one of those people listening to this and you are very black and white and very cut and dry and your spouse is not, um, it would behoove you to take a minute and even just indulge them. Honestly, don't placate and and, and make it fake, um, but to take the time to hear them right and allow them that safe space to be concerned or whatever even if you feel like it's completely off base that safe communication can build so much trust between the two of you um I feel like I might be getting a little long-winded here but we'll keep moving along um how do I want to wrap this up um so when you have a strong, spiritual, worshipful life and you understand God's character and you understand how he works in your life or you're growing in your understanding of that and it's not just you know a set of Sunday school rules or things that you can recite, but it is a real relationship, you can celebrate how the Lord is working in your spouse. When there's hard times, when you've been through these hard seasons, you can look at it and be thankful for those refinements, right? Like we needed to get to rock bottom to build this back up, or we needed to have this blow up fight to kind of air it all out, or we needed to get really close to disaster. Um, you know, whatever that looks like we needed to experience how bad it could be or how real sin is or how frail the humans are to, um, to grow and you can look at situations and see the Lord is using this and I want to partner with him in in it and you celebrate how he's working. Even if it's hard and messy and difficult, you partner with him in in your spouse's spiritual growth. You're not frustrated by the speed at which they're maturing. You're not, you know, aggravated or annoyed that they're not at the same level as you You're growing, he's growing, she's growing, the Lord is working, and it's a beautiful thing, Um, and uh, worship is a lifestyle, so it's not something that you do on Sunday morning for an hour, it's something that you do all the time, you look for ways to see the Lord working in people, in places, in situations, in nature, in opportunities, or things that come up, right? conversations and you you don't live in fear. You don't live in, um, you're not alone in things. When things feel hard or overwhelming, you don't despair. And that that belief, that belief that God exists, that he is with you in your marriage, that he sees you in your marriage, and that he calls you to do is is important and it's worth doing. So, worship and work go hand in hand, according to this Paul David trip. And I believe that God gives us himself, he gives us the Holy Spirit, and then he calls us to live it out, to go and do and tell and be. And we need to go and do and tell and be in our marriages, as well as everywhere else. So um, there's a whole list of things that I want to read here, as we wrap this up. Um, being committed to do the hard work that makes a marriage beautiful means that you will be willing to lose sleep so that an important conversation can be completed. Listen and consider when you have communicated a concern, care about your spouse's true needs and gladly work to meet them, work to communicate with your spouse in a way that is patient and kind, look for concrete ways to support and encourage your spouse Do the daily work of forgiveness and reconciliation so that you and your spouse can live in peace. Deal with your marital differences in a way that communicates appreciation and respect. Make time to enjoy your physical intimacy and friendship. Look for ways to help your spouse bear the burden of the responsibilities that he or she carries. Partner with your spouse in the daily work of maintaining your house Never stop pursuing your spouse romantically. Do not let the sun go down on a moment of hurt, misunderstanding, or anger. Look for ways to encourage and develop your spiritual communion. Daily commit to overlooking minor offenses. Studiously avoid conflict over things that are unimportant. Speak in a way that gives your spouse grace. Encourage and support your spouse in areas of interest that you don't share. Be willing to make sacrifices to keep your marriage a priority. Daily search for verbal and nonverbal ways to communicate your love. Don't leave a conversation until you have reached unity and understanding. Never demand of your spouse what you are unwilling to give. Continually remind your spouse that he or she is not alone in the marriage and do things you wouldn't normally do simply because they make your spouse happy. Fight the busyness that would get in the way of giving your marriage attention. Be willing to sacrifice personal activities and leisure for the sake of your marriage. Work so that your spouse has the downtime, rest, and retreat that he or she needs. Work to build relationships of love and respect with your family and do not stop working Until your marriage is all that God intended it to be. So, especially with that last one, it's never done. You're never there. You've never arrived. You have to keep working. And I think the theme of all of that is it's not about you, right? It's about the other. It's about that servant heart. So do you live in your marriage with a servant heart? Do you go and not just in a cliche like, yeah, I go to work and I provide for my family. That's great and very biblical and you should do that, right? I'm faithful. I come home. I'm nice. I don't yell at him or her. Great. Do you look for ways to serve your spouse? Like for real in the little ways that you know it matters to them. There's something about those like five love languages or whatever. How, how does that look to your spouse? if for you it's physical affection, but to them it's acts of service or quality time or words of affirmation, do you do those things or do you just only do the things that you like, right? Sometimes, you know, if you're a physical affection person and your spouse is a words of affirmation person, do you tell them often, like, I really appreciate you or I'm so thankful for you or you're doing such a good job or do you just look for intimacy. And because that matters to you. And then when it's not reciprocated, you get frustrated. That's being selfish. All right, this one's getting long winded. Thank you so much. If you made it through this whole episode, I would love to know if these are still encouraging to you, or if you're like, can you please stop talking about this and just talk about fitness? Um, Do it nicely. I don't know if I could take it if you were that harsh. But (laughs) anyways, have a great rest of your day, night, weekend, week, whatever. um, And I will catch you on the next one.